Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Road to World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here by Drew Silva. What's up, Drew? How are you enjoying your All-Star break? It's been nice, man. Um, I thought the Home Run Derby on Monday was pretty entertaining. I thought the All-Star game itself was kind of boring, but I hesitate to say that in case Commissioner Rob Manfred is an avid listener of this podcast and gets some ideas <laughs> Um, it's, it's fine as it is just as a silly midseason spectacle. I, I think that's what it should be. I'm glad it didn't count for anything. Um, it, it was enjoyable. You got to see Robinson Cano hit a go ahead Homer. You got to see Yadier Molina become the oldest catcher to Homer in an all-star game since Yogi Berra and become, cool moments. and become C3PO. Yeah, I like the gold <laughs> equipment a lot. I think he should wear that all the time. And he, there was like, you know, there are a a few funny moments like on the on-field interviews i really didn't have a problem with because i think this should be a stupid event anyway um i wish that some baseball players were more entertaining um it seems like those on on on-field interviews would play better in like the nba yeah it was like though it was like all it revealed about them is like they're just normal dudes it's (laughs) it's not like they're like larger than life you know what i mean Uh uh-huh um, but I, I I liked it. What it, it is what it should be, man. It it doesn't. I know it's I'm, I'm, it's probably not great for ratings to to have a boring all star game, but it was fine for me. Yeah. What did you think of a Rod like interviewing the entire infield? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, I thought it was weird, but it's like a Fox thing that they always try to do weird stuff, and and it was. I, I think it's fine that I would never want to see that in like a, a meaningful game, but yeah. It's not supposed to be a meaningful game. It's supposed to be a spectacle and kind of silly, and it was that, and that's fine. What did you think of uh, Bryce Harper's idea? I think he floated it on MLB Network like before the game started. Like The leading vote-getters from each league should be able to pick the two teams. It's sort of, I like that. I think we've seen that in like the NFL, NHL. I don't think the NBA's yeah, yeah. done that, but I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the, NH, the current NHL All-Star format. Um, okay. I'm I'm cool with that. I think maybe like a USA versus World would be fun because there's I mean what's the National League versus the American League is not what it used to be with interleague play. I mean we we get to see a lot of those guys. Um, yeah. And there's not there's no like bad blood between the two leagues. Um, yeah. So USA versus World I think would be really cool. You know the Latin American dudes would really get into it. Yeah. Um, but I I don't want to get into the mode where I'm trying to change everything because. 
we did that last time and we had a, a run of several years where the all-star game determined home field advantage in the world series yeah which is just so stupid yeah thankfully that's not the case any longer um i mean the all-star break was really pretty quiet it's been pretty quiet the past couple of days before a monster trade went down on thursday but before we get to that just a reminder subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audio Boom, etc. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts and you like what you're hearing, please consider rating and reviewing the show. That would really help a lot. Okay, as I was saying, trade deadline season officially underway as the Cubs and White Sox got together on a deal Thursday, and it was a big one. Jose Quintana traded to the Cubs. Uh, the White Sox received a bunch of prospects. They continue to stockpile prospects there. Uh, the deal highlighted by Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease uh, going to the White Sox. Uh, we were talking about the Cubs last week and how they've disappointed so far this season, of course. Uh, I believe I mentioned they could really use another starting pitcher in that rotation. But, man, who saw this coming? There was no whispers of it at all. Right. I mean... Maybe that's because Ken Rosenthal's writing on Facebook now. <laughs> but, that's pretty good. But yeah, it was actually broken by some users on Reddit. I won't repeat their Reddit usernames, but uh, they're pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere, but you knew the Cubs were going to get a frontline starter. Um, Quintana certainly fits the bill. Um, kind of having not a great year overall, but um, went into the break with, with some very good numbers. Uh, I, I had him pulled up. Where are they? Like a 2.70 ERA over his last seven starts for the White Sox. Um, and from a fantasy perspective, at least, I, I think you'll see his overall ERA continue to shrink. It's at 4.49 for the season right now. But he moves from the American League to the National League where there's no designated hitter. Also gets a nice bump in win potential, I would think, joining mm-hmm. a Cubs team that should be in line for a much better second half. Yeah, Quintana um, is like notoriously unlucky. Uh, has a losing yeah. record in his career, believe it or not. I mean, I mean, I know we don't really look at wins and losses as much as we used to, but he's fifty and fifty-four for his career, which seem, which is crazy. Um, yeah. So definitely, he's in a better position now. For has that. A, a yeah a great contract, uh, seven million dollars this year, eight point eight million dollars next year, and then a couple of very inexpensive team options 10.5 million and 11.5 million for 2020 um but i mean to get a pitcher of that caliber with that kind of contract you have to give up a lot and man this really sets the bar for anyone looking to make a big time acquisition at this trade deadline because eloy jimenez was you know fifth overall on baseball america's midseason top 100 dylan cease was also a top 100 guy and then matt rose uh and Brian Fleet are not throw-ins. I mean, they're they're talented dudes. Fleet was batting 305 with a OPS near 900 at high A ball. He's 24 years old, but he can play all around the infield. Um, Rose is a guy with a lot of raw power, 14 homers in 65 games this season in high A ball. Uh, needs to work on his overall plate approach, but he's pretty young, an 11th-round pick in 2015 out of Georgia State. And then, yeah, I mean, Cease is a, he was the Cubs' number two prospect, according to Baseball America. Good numbers, a, a high velocity fastball guy with a really good curve. Um, and then Jimenez is a, a dude that most, um, you know, hardcore baseball fans know a lot about. The clear centerpiece of the trade, I would say, uh, 20 years old, tearing up high A ball, um, will probably join the double A affiliate of the White Sox before the end of the year. And, 
I think he'll be in the running for a call-up in early 2018 to the south side of Chicago. And you just look at the White Sox, as I said, stockpiling prospects here. Uh, Yuan Moncada, of course, we're all waiting for him. Uh, they've got Kopech over the winter, Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, they signed Luis Robert last month, the, the big Cuban prospect. They already had some internal guys, uh, Zach Collins, Alec Hansen. So it's been an impressive and rapid rebuild for the White Sox. And they still have pieces to deal this month. Uh, you can count on Todd Frazier's name surfacing yeah. in rumors, David Robertson. So they're still going to get some more pieces back. I think it's interesting that, that, yeah, I mean, the White Sox farm system I love. Just a lot of, like, high upside talent um, mm-hmm. and, and depth, too. Like they have, like I said, those those throw-ins aren't really throw-ins in this deal. I, I think it's interesting that the Cubs no longer have a top 100 prospect after trading Jimenez and Cease, two top 100 guys in this yeah. Quintana deal. They also dealt shortstop Glaber Torres of the Yankees last July as part of the package for Aroldis Chapman. Um, of course, they, they've graduated many of their top 100 guys from a year or two ago, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ. Um, and they're obviously pretty comfortable with their current crop of position player talent, who wouldn't be. But yeah, the Cubs and the Royals are the only two clubs without a top 100 prospect right now. I expect the Royals to inject some talent into their farm system at this year's deadline with, you know, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain, all in walk years, and Kelvin Herrera possibly on the block too. Um, Though the Royals did get back into the hunt near the end of the first half, so we'll see what they do. Um, They're currently, yeah, three games back of the Indians in the AL Central and a game and a half back of the wild card spot. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see which AL teams decide that they can go for it and which teams kind of wave the white flag. So uh, the next couple of weeks uh, are going to be really important to determine that. Um, there was another minor deal today, uh, if you want to fill people in on that. Yeah, much much smaller but kind of interesting. Um, on Thursday afternoon, the Brewers sent first baseman Garrett Cooper to the Yankees for left-handed reliever Tyler Webb. Cooper was batting 366 with an OPS above 1,000, 17 home runs and 82 RBIs in 75 games this season for the Brewers AAA affiliate in Colorado Springs. Uh, that's a very friend, power-friendly hitting environment, Yeah, and Cooper's home road splits bear that out. But I don't know, it looks like the 26-year-old is going to get a shot at claiming at least some part of the starting first base duties in New York. Not right away, maybe after a short stay at AAA Scranton. Um, we've seen Yankee Stadium cater favorably to sluggers of his type. Uh, maybe a guy with relevance in AL-only fantasy leagues in the second half. Um, as for the Brewers returning this deal, Webb has allowed three earned runs on four walks and three hits and six innings this season at the major league level. Um, he was getting his first taste of the majors in New York. But his AAA numbers are very promising, a 3.24 ERA, 1.08 whip, and 47-3 K-to-walk ratio in 33 innings this season with Scranton. Um, it looks like he'll join the Brewers bullpen this weekend, though there was nothing official on that front at the end of my sh- news shift today. Yeah, I mean, with Cooper, uh, certainly short-term uh, relevance there. I think AL-only leagues, uh, he could be uh, relevant really soon, but I still think it's like a short-term stopgap kind of thing uh, where the Yankees are very likely to trade for a first baseman by the end of this month, but... You know, yeah, maybe, he, maybe, yeah. maybe for a week or two, he could be interesting. Um, Cooper wasn't even in the Brewers' like top 30, according to MLB.com pipeline. Maybe because he's just an older guy, but yeah. I don't know. He wouldn't be the first guy to be a, a late blooming, you know, um, useful. 
I don't know if he's ever going to be a star, but like a, a useful first baseman against left-handers. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, platoon yeah. type of player. Um, mm-hmm. I was just mentioning teams that kind of are trying to decide, you know, should we go for it? Should we trade some pieces? One interesting situation, uh, the Rangers. Uh, this is a team who had really high hopes coming into this year. And while the Astros were the favorite in the AL West, and, and that's sort of, uh, you know, we know that's what's happened there so far. The Astros the best team in the majors. Uh, you at least expected the Rangers to sort of figure prominently in the wildcard mix. Um, and it's not like they're far out. They're only three games off the pace uh, in the wildcard race. But uh, there are a lot of teams around them, as I said. It's a really crowded race. Um, with that in mind, Jerry Krasnick of ESPN reported Thursday afternoon that there's increasing buzz that the Rangers will listen to trade offers for you Darvish and Cole Hamels. Uh, and especially what we heard about the, the haul that Quintana got, um, you can understand why the Rangers are willing to listen. Darvish, a free agent after this season. Meanwhile, Hamels is under contract for uh, $23.5 million next year, has a $20 million club option for 2019. Uh, he can block trades to 20 teams, so not as easy to deal him. Um, but with the Rangers, the situation that they're in um, and, you know, that Quintana deal kind of setting the bar for things. I think if you look at the athletics with Sonny Gray, another situation where there's an obvious uh, arm there that they can trade and get some nice pieces back. Makes sense. These teams are listening. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers are in a, a really weird spot, like t- definitely underperforming, but also uh, Adrian Beltre's nearing the end of his run. I mean, he has one year left in 2018, but. It's like maybe they should make a run at it because there's enough talent on that roster that you'd think they they could grab one of those wild card spots. But like you said, I mean, I think all but three AL teams are technically in the mix for the wild card. Yeah, and another team sort of in the same position as the Rangers, uh, the Mariners. Um, according right. to John Morosi of MLB Network, uh, they have no plans to trade veteran slugger Nelson Cruz. Uh, Cruz under contract for $14 million next year, so... Uh, even if the Rangers don't think they'll be able to win this uh, this year, uh, they still want them to be a part of next year's team, which I can kind of understand, even though Cruz is, is getting a bit older. Yeah. Um, John Heyman of FanRag Sports reported Thursday morning. We're just kind of running through some trade rumors here because it's that, it's that time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, John Heyman reported Thursday morning that the Dodgers are among the long list of teams to have checked in on the availability of Orioles closer Zach Britton. Los Angeles already has one of the top closers in baseball and Kenley Jansen, but think about Britain supporting Jansen in a setup role. Pretty nice. Uh, and how lethal that combo could be in the, in the postseason. Um, Britain just returned from a two month stay on the disabled list with a forearm strain, and he's expected to reclaim ninth inning duties in Baltimore this weekend after making three lower leverage appearances to close out the first half. Uh, the 29 year old lefty has a 1.43 ERA. 223 strikeouts over his last 220 innings dating back to the beginning of 2014 uh, he's making 11.4 million dollars this year with one more trip through salary salary arbitration coming in 2018 um i don't know britain's somewhat to watch uh, it, it would obviously creep keep brad brock at closer for baltimore brock owners i think will con- want to continue holding tight even if britain starts picking up saves for the o's in the coming weeks um, I think the Nationals would love Britain too, though you could probably say the same for just about any established late inning reliever. Washington's certain to beef up its bullpen in some form at the deadline. Um, there will be a lot of closer situations that are going to be changing. Yeah, I mean, I 
I mean, obviously the teams will get the medicals and stuff and they can review that kind of thing, but I don't know. I, I think I'd be reluctant to trade for Britain. If I, you know, that's just a gut feeling. I don't, I don't know the medical, the specifics, but that's, I feel a little nervous about him. Yeah, man, a forearm strain is not like a, a fracture, you know, it, it's something that usually comes back. Um, I, I would be reluctant to give up big pieces for, for a guy that's going to pitch one inning, especially if the Dodgers use him in a setup role. Yeah, but they have the depth of, of the farm system That's to pull true. off that kind of move. But I mean, the Cubs really set the the bar high for what teams are going to be expecting back for any type of player at the deadline. For sure. Um, any other rumors around right now? I, th- I think, uh, yeah. I mean, Justin Verlander, I guess, is worth touching on. Okay. Um, we began hearing chatter in June about the Tigers fielding offer for, offers for Verlander, but. It doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. Uh, even those initial reports stated that Tigers wanted a big return, both in the form of prospects and in picking up a large majority of the $60 million that he's still owed. And that has all kept the market from really developing for the 34-year-old right-hander who has an ugly 4.73 ERA and 1.52 whip in 18 starts this season. Um, J.D. Martinez, Justin Wilson, Alex Avila are the much more likely candidates to be dealt by the Tigers before the end of the month, and maybe Victor Martinez if they can find a taker. Vmart's somebody who could pass through waivers because of his contract, hmm. so that could very well be an August type deal. Yeah, with with Verlander, I just think the you know the contract is prohibitive. Uh, he's not you know he hasn't pitched that well this year. I think it's especially with the Cubs out of the mix now. I think we were talking yeah. Cubs or Dodgers um, last week, so. You know, is it Dodgers or bust? Are the Dodgers even going to be interested? So I, I see it very unlikely that Verlander's traded. I guess Sonny Gray is probably like the next in line starter to, to get dealt. Yeah. Um, I think the A's need to, to trade him this summer because yeah. of the durability issues, and he's pitching pretty well. Yep. Uh, all right. So moving on from trade situations to some quick injury updates as we uh, get the second half started here. Uh, and I believe you will get us started uh, with this segment. Yeah. Uh, Philly's second baseman Cesar Hernandez began a rehab assignment Wednesday with high Clearwater drawing a walk and a hit by pitch and two plate appearances and playing five innings at second base. Also scored a run. Um, it looks like Hernandez will be ready to return to Philadelphia's active roster early next week after missing over a month with a strained oblique. He's currently owned in only 17% of Yahoo leagues. Um, he's come back down to earth a bit after his strong offensive showing in 2016, but I think there's some sneaky value there for deep leaguers with middle infield spots. He's batted 289 with a 361 on base percentage. Uh, in 213 games since the beginning of 2016, 48 extra base hits, 23 steals, 107 runs scored. Um, will bat near the top of the Phillies lineup probably. Um, so I, I don't. I, I, he's someone that I think is worth rostering if you're in like a, you know, a, a league, a 12, 14 team mixed league that allows for middle infield and quarter infield spots. Sometimes you need a guy like that. Yeah, I, I think he's fine. Uh, he's always been a guy that's sort of frustrating because when you watch him run, you're like, he should steal more bases. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have a very high success rate. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's like baffling how he doesn't. Yeah, steal, it's not good. How he doesn't steal more bases, but yeah, I mean, he he can get on base if he's at the top of the Phillies lineup. You know, that's a positive as well. He's a guy who could end up uh, being traded this month. 
Um, so that's something to keep an eye on as well, what his role might end up being. But he's been relevant in deeper mixed leagues before, so I got to keep an eye on for sure. Another one to keep an eye on, David Dahl with the Rockies. We mentioned him last week. He lives. He's yeah, alive. He's playing baseball games, believe it or not. Uh, he's been out all year, uh, suffered a stress reaction in his rib cage in the spring, but finally able to begin a minor league rehab assignment on Wednesday, had three at-bats, played five innings in left field. Um, he's just sort of going through his spring training right now. Uh, so I'd suspect he'd remain on his rehab assignment for the full 20 days. And the Rockies could even option him to the minors after that. Uh, it just kind of depends on what he looks like down there. Obviously, if he's tearing the cover off the ball, they'll be more more likely to call him up. Um, but I don't see the Rockies having to really rush things here. Uh, Rymel Tapia has been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Ian Desmond will eventually be back. So the Rockies have a bunch of options. Um, yeah, maybe they finally trade blackman or carlos gonzalez but they're not really in a position to do that yeah yeah i I don't know yeah i mean probably not but um yeah i mean they have a lot of moving pieces there and just kind of they don't really have the urgency uh to get doll up so i think that's something to consider if you see him on the waiver wire i believe he's available in a in over 50 percent of yahoo leagues i think he's owned in 43 percent of leagues right now um so that's interesting maybe if you have an open dl spot um, you know, that can be a little challenging, especially this season, uh, with so many players on the DL. Um, but if you have the roster flexibility, you know, he's sort of a lottery ticket for the second half. Um, so definitely a player to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, Cubs right-hander Kyle Hendricks, while we're on the, the rehab topic, yielded one run on two hits and a walk over three and a third innings Monday in his rehab debut with double a Tennessee and Cubs pitching coach, Chris Bazio had good things to say about the outing on Tuesday noting that it was a hot and humid night in Knoxville, which played into the shorter outing. Hendricks had no issues at all with his right hand. It was tendonitis in that hand that sent him to the disabled list in early June. Um, he'll be reevaluated by the Cubs pitching staff ahead of Friday night's series opener in Baltimore and could be activated to pitch Saturday or Sunday. If I, I think he's going to throw a bullpen session in front of Cubs management, and they're going to make the determination at that point. Uh, Hendricks had a weak 4.09 ERA and 51 to 21 K to walk ratio through 61 and two third innings this season for the Cubs. But I think the tendonitis probably deserves some of the blame for his poor overall numbers. He had two bad starts right before he landed on the disabled list, had a pretty decent overall April and May. And uh, we know he finished third in the National League Cy Young Award balloting last year. So kind of an under the radar guy who's on his way back, maybe as soon as this weekend. Yeah, I mean, hope, hopefully the health was a, was a part of the results sort of being underwhelming so far. Uh, he was generally a guy I wasn't drafting this spring um, just because he doesn't have that dominant stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried about him coming back to earth. So far, that's been the case, but certainly an opportunity for him in the second half. Who else we yeah. got? Um, well, the Cardinals uh, announced this Tuesday just before the All-Star game, but they made it official on Thursday afternoon that second baseman Colton Wong has been activated from the disabled list and re- will rejoin the Major League Club for Friday night series opener in Pittsburgh after missing four weeks with a right tricep strain. It was Wong's second trip to the disabled list this season. He also had an elbow issue in May, and so I think he's fallen off the radar big time for people in standard fantasy leagues at three percent ownership right now on yahoo Um, i think that number should be on the rise as he he makes his way back when healthy this year he's batted 301 with a 393 on base percentage 444 slug 
Um, the counting stats aren't all that inspiring. One home run, three stolen bases, but he's capable of hitting for good power and stealing bags. And I'd have to think he's going to play every day at second base, even with Paul DeYoung on fire. Yeah, um, Paul, De- Paul DeYoung you know, murdered your Mets. He did. That was really impressive. <laughs> um, he's he's shaky in the field, but man, he can hit. Yeah, and I, and I wonder like what what that does. There's talk of putting DeYoung at, at shortstop a little more. He's played a bit of that, um, but you need to keep Jed Jerko probably at third base. I don't know. Maybe you could play Jerko at short. Hmm. Ledmus Diaz though is pretty much completely out of the picture now, which yeah, which is sad. Then? I don't know, man. I don't oh. want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's interesting because I, I saw, you know, Matt Carpenter's been playing a lot of second base. I assume he's going to just go about over to first base, which means uh, Luke, yeah. Luke Voigt, who's sort of been playing a little bit of first base. I'd assume he's just going to be sort of a part-time bench player at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, just one more rehab update here, and it, it's actually a big one. Madison Baumgartner. Uh, we mentioned last week he was having a really tough time of it, but uh, the results were really good in his most recent outing in high A on Monday. Gave up just one unearned run on two hits and a walk over six innings, uh, struck out eight batters. Uh, I was looking for velocity reports, and I saw something from Andrew Baggerly uh, noting that Bumgarner sat in the 88 to 90 mile per hour range. Mm. Um, so it appears, you know, still building arm strength there. Um, but a step in the right direction at the very least. Uh, of course, Bumgarner coming back from his dirt bike accident in April, suffered a sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder, uh, as well as bruised ribs. Uh, the plan calls for him to rejoin the Giants rotation this Saturday against the Padres in San Diego. So at least a soft landing in his first start back if you want to take the risk and start him in fantasy leagues. Um, would you start him for that matchup? Because I think I might yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, I would. I, but I, we talked about this last week that there's still some concern that like maybe he's not going to be the same pitcher. It yeah. was a weird injury. Like he suffered a full tear and partial tear of the two tendons. I'm not a doctor, but the two tendons that connect the AC joint in his shoulder. I, I've never really heard of that as a baseball injury because it really wasn't a baseball it was a, injury. Yeah, it was a dirt bike injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Very so I common I in know. the dirt bike community, actually. <laughs> okay, I don't know that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some serious concern there. But you're right. I mean, he looked better in his latest rehab start. Um, gets the Padres. Yeah, I'm starting him. I mean, if I've waited this long, if I've kept him on my disabled list this long, I'm going to see what I got in him. Yeah, I mean, if if you wanted to start him against anybody to start out with, it would be the Padres. Um, You know, if not the worst offense in the majors, one of the worst, especially against left-handed pitching. So I'm not sure what he's going to be in the second half, especially if that velocity doesn't uh, tick back up. But, um, you know, I would take a chance with that one. Um, So last segment here, I thought it'd be fun if we each picked a couple of players we're interested in or excited to see for the second half. Could be waiver wire pickups, prospects, struggling players, uh, whatever. So, uh, who do you got? Padres right-hander Trevor Cahill uh, has quietly flourished in a starting role with the Padres this season after posting excellent numbers last year out of the Cubs bullpen. He allowed three home runs in his final start of the first half last Sunday in Philadelphia, but the overall stats are still very good. at 3.38 ERA, 1.22 whip, and... 63 to 19 K to walk ratio in 50 innings. Um, he's currently owned in only 3% of Yahoo leagues. Um, I think a lot of people have been treating him as a streamer, which I have, but I, I think that number would be much higher if 
he hadn't spent most of May and all of June on the disabled list with a shoulder strain. Um, but really that injury has kind of kept his overall workload down, which was a concern coming off a year where, where he pitched almost exclusively as a reliever. Um, so he, he, you're not going to have the danger of him approaching 170 innings. He's probably going to fall under 150 for the whole year, uh, assuming good health in the second half and assuming the Padres don't trade him, which might be the bigger assumption considering he's an impending free agent. Yeah. I like him to continue the success down the stretch. Uh, an excellent ground ball rate, nearly 60%, and the highest whiff rate of his career. We saw a little bit of that last year in, in the relief role, and he's just carried it over um, to, to starting. Yeah, I I wish I had his fan grass page open right now, but uh, he's kind of one of those guys who switched up his pitch mix a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really been working for him. Um, I, I didn't take him seriously coming into the year, um, but definitely has emerged as a mixed league asset. Um, but as you said, it will be interesting to see if he's traded. I think there's maybe a decent ch- a chance that'll happen. I would say so too, but maybe he's traded into a even better situation, at sure. least from like potential for wins. Yeah. Uh, who else you got? Um, I think the other guy I'm going to do is a prospect, and I, and I think by early August we could see him. It's Red Sox third baseman Rafael Devers. Um, Boston released Johnny Peralta on Thursday afternoon which clears the spot for Devers at AAA Pawtucket. Um, he's been at AA Portland um, and I think has earned the promotion to AAA with a 300 batting average, 944 OPS, 18 home runs and 56 RBIs in 77 games. Um, and I think he'll tear up AAA for a couple weeks before getting the call to Fenway Park, You know, like I said, by, by early August perhaps. Uh, Pablo Sandoval has been on the disabled list since June 20th and was not productive when healthy. There's talk of the Red Sox trying to acquire Martin Prado from the Marlins, and there are some other third basemen that could be available ahead of the July 31st deadline, but the Red Sox don't make a move. I I think we'll see the old internal upgrade, and I think Devers can be a fantasy asset right out of the gate, even though he's 20 years old. The the power's legit, gets on base at a respectable clip, also has some speed, 18 steals last year in high eight ball. Um, I I think he could be fantasy relevant right away. Yeah, I mean, I think... It was sort of a similar situation to Moncada down the stretch last year. We thought maybe he could be that internal guy. Uh, it didn't really work out, but, I mean, it doesn't mean it can't with Devers. Uh, I think all around he's a really interesting guy, um, you know, not just down the stretch this year, but in the future, really exciting prospect for sure. Um, as for me, I'll mention uh, Nicholas Castellanos with the Tigers. Yes, he's now Nicholas, not just Nick. Uh, you look at the season on the whole, and it's pretty underwhelming, hitting 248 with 10 homers and a 746 OPS through 85 games. Uh, that's an OPS plus of 97, so he's actually under the league average, uh, sort of regressing to his production from 2015. But he's really picked things up over the past month or so, and I think he's done it really quietly. He's hitting 311 with 16 extra base hits, including six home runs and 21 RBI. Uh, in 34 games dating back to the start of June, has a 9.29 OPS in that time as well. I think we were all really looking for Castellanos to take that next step this year based off of what he did last year. This is a guy who's routinely been among the line drive leaders in baseball, always hits the ball hard. Um, Lots of potential here, still just 25 years old. I think he can have a huge second half. Yeah, his, if you graphed his like career OPS and home run numbers, it's almost like a perfect lineup until this year. Um, you know, but coming off that injury last year, and I think it's just taken a little while for him to get going. But yeah, I like him a lot in the second half. I think 
we see like a mid 800s OPS type player and he, he could approach 20 home runs for the first time in his career. Um, I, I like Castellanos a lot. Uh, the other one for me, and this is close to my heart, is uh, top prospect <laughs> Ahmed Rosario with the Mets. Uh, the wait continues. Uh, hasn't been called up yet, but uh, just a matter of time at this point. Uh, Rosario, widely regarded as one of the top prospects in the game. Uh, Keith Law actually had him number one on his midseason list on Thursday. He was number four on Baseball America's midseason list. Uh, Rosario, 21-year-old shortstop, hitting 327 with a 365 on base percentage, seven homers, 52 RBI, 16 steals in 83 games this season with AAA Las Vegas. Uh, really good defensively as well. He's just one of those guys who looks ready, looks like he belongs. If you watch the Futures game, he just looks like he should be a major leaguer already. Uh, we saw a bunch of players called up not long after the Futures game last year, and I suspect we'll see a similar timeline with Rosario uh, once the Mets finally decide to start selling off some parts. I think that could happen really soon. Um Keep in mind, Jose Reyes having his worst season, one of the worst players in the majors so far this year, actually has a negative uh, war, negative wins above replacement, according to Fangraph. So we're talking about a really low bar for Rosario to surpass. And I don't think he's going to be a fantasy superstar, certainly not in the short term. I think it's more about the all-around package with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he's well worth stashing as a middle infielder option. Um, and I think there's a really good chance he'll be the team's regular shortstop for at least the final two months of the season. So uh, someone I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Yeah, I saw him get interviewed at the Futures game. I wish the Futures game had kind of a primetime slot, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like even Sunday night, get rid of the last Sunday night baseball game of the first half and just play that. But uh, he he had Don't Be Surprised written on one cleat and Be Ready on the other. And they asked him, like, is that a message to the Mets? (laughs) And he goes, goes, no, it's it's more for the fans. Be ready when when you come see me. I'm going to perform well. Don't be surprised. Be ready when you come see Ahmed Rosario play. Yeah, he's he's used that on social media uh, yeah. this this season. So that's been like a, a theme for him this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I need something to watch over the final two months of the season because I mean, <laughs> the Mets are, they just stink. They're just bad. They're a bad baseball team. Uh, so get Rosario up. Get <laughs> get Dominic Smith up. I just want to see some some young excitement. Uh, something to look forward to for 2018 and beyond. You poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> you too, man. I don't know what we're gonna do. These last two months. We won't we won't talk about the Cardinals or Mets. It'll be a better podcast. Yeah, that that'll be better for the listeners. So yeah, no, that's a that's a good way to look at it. Um so I think that'll do it for this week. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can always email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, it's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Also follow us on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve, and we'll see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.